Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access, but how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings by filling at your own hospital pharmacies? Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx Benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies, from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years, and our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems, with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan. Bo and Luke Nation, welcome to this episode of The Bo and Luke Show. I am your co-host, Bo Brabo. And in our virtual studio, I have Luke Kerrigan, our other dynamic rock star co-host with um, 12 guitars hanging on the wall behind him. Um, someday he's going to play, I think, on an episode. We got we to make that happen. Well. And now we've had a guest from the Astra podcast that actually sang on the podcast. So we're going to get Mike Garrett in here and we will play music. We will sing and we'll just have fun. Um, but today in this yes. episode, we have an amazing guest with us. We're going to talk about leadership, leadership development, management. We're going to talk about his company. His name is Jonathan Raymond. He's the founder and CEO of Refound. He's also the author of Good Authority on Mindful Leadership Principles. Very highly ranked book. I checked it out on Amazon. Uh, great job, Jonathan, on the book. Really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, let's jump right in. I don't want to bore people with reading a bio because you're here and we should just let you do that. So tell us tell us a little bit about yourself, background, how you got into leadership development, management training, um, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, you bet. So uh, uh, it was a it was a long, strange trip, but uh, I started out way back when as a lawyer. Uh, practiced very briefly. And then I did what a lot of lawyers do is they get into business development and try to find other ways to make a living other than being <laughs> a lawyer. And um, I bounced around a lot. You know, I did all kinds of, you know, software, clean energy. It was in the nonprofit sector, you know, it's all kinds of different industries. But what I was really passionate about was the personal development and spiritual development side of my life. And so that was mostly where my energy was. That's where my heart was. And uh, about uh, about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, um, I had the opportunity to take over a company that was in the business coaching space. I didn't know the first thing about business mm -hmm. coaching, but I knew a lot about personal development and I knew a lot about business. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Like Maybe there's some way that my two worlds actually go together. Um, and that's what got me hooked, where I thought, oh, hey, now, now I've got something where I can bring the things that I'm really passionate about on the personal development, counseling, coaching, meditation, mindfulness, yoga, somatic psychology, deep emotional work, you name it, prayer, and bring all of those things to bear in work in a way that's not religious, uh, that doesn't offend people, isn't new agey or soupy, but is actually about operational success, productivity, and efficiency, and human development. So uh, that was a mouthful, <laughs> but that's where, uh, 
that's where I play. Uh, that's what we do at Refound. I think that's great. No, you're right. That's a lot. And there's a lot to unpack there. And we'll probably have to have you back for another episode or two um, to unpack more of that. But I would like to start with a question because I think it's very important. We've talked about coaching several times. I'm a fan of coaching for people having for whatever whatever type of coach you're looking for, but especially a business coach. Um, you know, I, I tell people, you know, even your professional athletes have coaches, right? Even though they've reached the pinnacle of their profession, if you will, expertise, uh, eliteness, uh, they have coaches. They they need they need coaches. Uh, they want them. What are some tips that you give to folks uh, or would recommend to people on how to align themselves with the right coach? So uh, I have a, a very strong opinion on this, and I'll, I'll tell you, I had the opportunity to uh, uh, sit in on a Warriors, a Golden State Warriors practice a couple of years back. And uh, this is my doorway into like what I think good coaching looks like. And I think it's it's often missed, right? So so I'm there, and this is when Kevin Durant was still on the Warriors, and uh, they, you know, they were doing their practice, doing their thing, and then they go over to the side of the court, and Steve Kerr wants to show them film, and in the front row, you would think, you know, the scrubs would be there, the guys who were like, you know, but you know, KD, Steph Curry in the front row, right, watching film. Steve Kerr's pointing things out, and what what is coaching in that moment was, hey, stop the film, stop the tape. Here's what you did. What other choice did you have in that moment? Oh, you could have gone this way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, let's say you got into it with, you know, this player in this way and look what happened on the other side of the court. And that's where I think coaching often misses the mark where it's too abstract, it's too theoretical, and it, sh- it needs to be about what's actually happening with that person in that moment, in their life, in the actual situation. And so when I, you know, when people are asking about coaching, whether they, you know, come to, refound or anybody else, like make sure that your coach is going to actually watch you play. Oh, great advice. Right. And find some way to watch you play. Cause if they ain't watching you play, they don't, they have no idea what you're doing. And I promise you, you will not be able to explain it to them. So they got to get close enough to watch you play in order to help. So true. It's so true. Uh, I'm so glad to hear you say that too. Cause in business, it is like, we, we play the game and we don't practice at all. We don't watch film ever. You know, it's mind boggling, like how well some people are actually doing in business with like zero practice time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. We need, yeah, we need practice, but we need somebody right there with us. I agree with that completely. Thank you for sharing that. It is in your face kind of, kind of thing, but that's what you need. You need somebody to be able to tell you that. Um, Yeah. And and I, I would just say, you know, a lot of times, you know, to that point of practice that like, there's a, a lot of times what I say to people is like, look, most leaders, most of the time, you don't need a session. You need a sentence, right? You just need to know what to say next to move this one conversation forward a little bit. Then you're going to learn something. Yeah. Then you might need another sentence, right? But, you know, spending an hour with somebody, you know, there's one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit of, I'm forgetting the author's name, but the, the title of the book was great. It said, we've had a hundred years of psychotherapy and the world's getting worse. Right. And the point of this book was like, look, we take people out of their life, we stick them in a room with somebody, and then we try to kind of help them understand themselves outside of their natural habitat. Then we shove them back into the world. And guess what? They can't, they're not really able to change all that. Now, those hour sessions can be really valuable, but if it's not matched with actual practice in the real mm-hmm. world, 
It's not going to stick. Yep. 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 Brings me the, so that ad lib type of question here. I have a military background. Everybody on, on the, that's ever listened to the bone Luke show is aware of that. Um, for a lot of years, 27 years and all, um, when I got into the corporate world a decade ago, I, I realized training was was nowhere near uh, the training that we had in the military for the very reason of what you just said. We're going to have a training session. It's going to be an hour long. Then you just go back to your back to your desk, right? Two weeks right. later, nobody even remembered that they had the training two weeks prior, right? Vice, what you're talking about, I, I, we did it all the time over my military career, and it's called it battle-focused training, right? as real as possible when we are training, we're in the environment. So you can learn, it sticks, and um, you just continue to build upon that. Um, how, how do you help companies in the corporate world actually deliver training uh, through Refound that's realistic, that will stick? Yeah. So uh, we, we've gone through a really substantial pivot in the last six months where we've shifted to an AI Based solution, and it's a, it's not to the exclusion of human intervention, coaches and advisors. But what I've found, uh, and I know you know we're very early. It's like you know we're not even in the first inning of mm-hmm. AI. But what it is able to do to provide contextualized, nuanced insight into a moment, and to actually have a manager, have a leader, have a frontline operator actually describe a situation. And we've trained AI based on our methodology and our practice to actually give advice in that moment. Mm. We're, what we're finding is we're able to get so much closer to that sort of that battle ready, you know, kind of environment where it's like, tell me exactly what's going on. Let's it's sort of like a simulation, yeah. right? And that's we've never been able to really do that in the sort of close quarters of management. And so that's what we're we've been we're starting to pilot that with our clients right now. And again, it's not to the exclusion of the human right. intervention, but uh, but we're finding some really interesting uh, use cases for AI to be able to do that. And that is 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 that in the world of leadership development or manager development specifically? Gotcha. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So we you know we still do like a you know we're they're still onboarding people still need to learn mm-hmm. the ideas they still need to they still need that hour yeah. training right but instead of just going hour you know like okay you got an hour training well let's just keep doing that or let's forget about it how do you sustain that how do you create an environment uh, for practice so there's multiple ingredients you know we could probably spend a day talking about mm-hmm. all the ingredients but but in general i think there's a nice hybrid between an advisor that you trust someone who's credible who has ideas that make sense, right, relative to the business or what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and in our case, an AI platform that allows you to, to sustain and actually practice. And a lot of times, the reason why managers and leaders don't do this stuff, you know, there's like 37,000 books on leadership mm-hmm. on Amazon. But the reason why people don't do this stuff is they're ashamed, they're embarrassed. They don't, they, they, you know, they've been in their career, maybe 10 years, 20 years, maybe 30 years. And they don't want to admit, I actually don't know how to do this. I don't know how to have this conversation. So they don't, it goes badly. Right. And there, there isn't really a forum or there aren't really forums for people to uh, feel safe enough. Yeah. Right. To be able to say, actually, I've no, you know, this person has this going on. They told me this thing. This is what happened over the last couple of weeks. This is how they're feeling about their job. This is all the, you know, torque in the, on our team. This is what's happening with our customers. Like, how would I even, how would I even fathom, you know, addressing this situation? I have no idea. Yeah. 
well, let me just go back to my inbox and like, I'll just check off things and, yeah. you know, I'll do things that look like work. That's super yeah. interesting. I, I have a question for both of you and I kind of want you both to pile on, pile on with this because uh, Jonathan, your background is going to be good. And Bo, your military and White House background is going to crush this, uh, this question. I've been dealing with this at work lately and um, here's what's happening is the leaders have all the authority and none of the information and the individual contributors, the folks on the front line, have all the information and none of the authority. Hmm. As you can imagine, decisions are being made that are totally out of context. Like things, shit just gets messed up and goes sideways, right, guys? Right. What can we do? Like in my position, I'm an individual contributor and I, I hate pointing fingers. What can I do or what can the folks that are in the front lines do to close that gap and because I imagine it goes with like commander's intent and stuff in the military. Guys, just pile on on this one. Yeah. Well, you I'll go, go first. first. So in the absence of that, um, it, it, this is a great question, Luke, because I, I had to use my background when I jumped into the corporate world as a you know VP of human resources um, where you have this type of situation. And what I found helped the leadership who had all the authority was me sharing um, – I would almost do like an executive, I called it my weekly executive summary. I would give them an executive summary of what's Ooh. happening with me, my department in the, whatever. Um, and then I would tell them in that what my, what my position was and what I wanted to do or, or how I would take action on, on anything, anything that I wrote. And then I would always include where I needed, where I recommended or needed their input, input or a decision that I knew would come from them. And over time, it, it built a level of confidence where they, they were comfortable with just whatever decisions I needed to make because I had built a level of, that's me taking action like you're saying, built a level of confidence and trust that you're going to take the right actions or they, they wouldn't take a different action. They would actually do whatever you said that you were going to do. Um, so much better. Yeah, and you them. get to that point yeah. Um, yeah, on the, the other side of that. Um, when I was at the White House and traveling with President Bush or President Obama, out on the road, I had, as the, as the comms officer in charge of a, a trip or a team leading a, a, specific, uh, a specific trip, um, the command had already, already relinquished full authority as the one on the ground representing the organization. So all decisions that needed to be made on the ground, I had the authority to make those decisions. Um, and that was them. This. already having the trust and confidence you've been trained you know what you're doing we have utter you have the utter responsibility and accountability for yourself your actions your team um yeah and you execute it accordingly jonathan i love that yeah love it uh, i got i got two for you uh luke and i'll, I'll build on I'll, I'll make my first one building on that uh so there's a framework uh that we build with one of our clients uh that is called control influence and gravity and uh, one of the ways that uh, that that plays out is it's really about it's it's basically similar to what Bo is talking about. Where if you you create a framework, you say, "Hey, you know, individual contributor, right?" So, Luke, here's what's within your control. You define those things, right? Here's where you have information and you have control. Then influence. Here's where you don't have control, but you have the ability to influence. It's these type of things. It's these type of situations, right? And then there's the other situations where it's like you don't have control and you probably can't even influence. It's like gravity to you, right? It just is. It doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. doesn't mean you don't necessarily want something to change about that thing. 
but it's but you have you have to relate to it as gravity. And so just the act of outlining those things, here's where you have control, here's where you have influence, and here's where it's gravity. Or here's where you can let's another way of saying it is you could advocate, but don't don't let yourself get bent out of shape if that doesn't change because that's that's just in another domain of the organization. So that's that can be a helpful framework for people to um, to do the thing that I'm going to describe next. So you described a scenario, very, very common, right? And I don't know your organization. I don't know these people. But my question would to be, has any question to you is, have you or anybody named the problem in exactly the way you just named it for us to them? Oh, heck no. Mean, right? Absolutely so, not. I don't think so, anyone does, right? Like, right. So that's yeah. where we have a whole framework called the accountability dial because that like it's how do I approach like I don't have the authority. I've got all this information. I don't have the authority. What do I do? Right. And so before what what most people do, and this is the mistake, is they say, oh, if they're going to take a risk, they just go kind of like they just ram their way through the door and smash their head in the process. Yeah. What I want people to do instead is I want them to go to a manager and say, hey, I've noticed something about the way we operate. Are you open to a discussion? Let's assume you have a manager with an open mind. So yeah, tell me what's on your mind. Say, you know, I feel like a lot of the time we have this kind of like split in the organization where the folks on the front lines, we have a ton of information, but we don't have the authority. But a lot of times we feel like at the executive level, you guys have all the authority, but not necessarily all or even a lot of the information. And I see all this misalignment that gets created as a result. Does it look like that way to you? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. I love it. Guys, I've been writing this down. I'm going to run these plays. Yeah, you should. (laughs) That's, and it's like, and then, then, you know, the right, you know, look, and if nobody picks you up on that, well, then it's a crap place to work and you don't want to be there, right? Fair. Yep. But, uh, but you're going to find some willing buyers for that who say like, oh, you know, you're right. I think you're right. I think I've seen that too. Let's work together on that. How do we, how do we, how do we understand each other differently? That makes sense. Of course, that would be the case. Thank you. Luke, so much for raising it. Hey, let's talk about that. I want to go talk about that with someone. I'll come back to you. You know I what? I, yes. Love you it. know what I love about that too, Luke, is it it then comes across that you're truly trying to help the organization. You're not just bitching that you have yep. no authority, right? Or or yep. complaining. Right. You're That's actually right. putting it around yeah. a framework. You've thought about it. You've written it down. Um, and and you're you've you come across anybody would you'd come across in a much different light in a positive light that you're actually watching you're paying attention to what's happening in the organization and you want to actually make things better whether they end up agreeing yeah. with you or not and like Jonathan like, said and, and it, it doesn't go anywhere at least it would never put you in a bad light and Jonathan I feel like what you're saying would work like almost 100% of the time <laughs> right because like in most organizations people are like oh my boss is such a dick right well you know what right. of course they don't have any of the information and you didn't right. articulate it in a way that was like open to them receiving it and being like, Oh my gosh, you're right. You know, it's common sense. More information helps everybody. Yeah, right? the but thing- then you start putting labels on people, you know, just for like no reason where it's just, we're both going in our own lanes. Yeah. And you think about like, you know, if you just think about that dynamic, like you said, you know, no one has, no one has taken that step and, and and you could say, well, it's unfair. Why should the ICs have to be the ones to do that? But you know, hey, that's life. You have to. But the thing yeah. that's what most people in their when their own in their own development, especially in their earlier in their career, the thing that they miss is that like everyone wants to know, well, like, how, you know, how do I do well in the eyes of my boss or my manager or the organization? I want to get promoted. I want to take on more responsibility. This is how. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how you do it. You do it by providing insight and context that's not just about mm-hmm. you. 
right? It's not just, hey, I think I deserve more, or I think I need a, you know, a raise, or I think I could take on that project. Well, that's nice. Maybe you're right. But show me something about your care for the organization and how we all are. Ooh, wow. Ooh, that's interesting. I like the way you think. Tell me more yeah. about that. Hey, I've got an opportunity to plug you into something, right? That's how you, got, that's how you get read in. It's not a mystery. It's like leaders and managers are looking people, looking for people who care about the organization. And most of the time, people are looking out for themselves. And they think, well, if I don't, you know, if I don't advocate for myself, I'm not going to get what I want. And it's a, it's a really narrow way of thinking about yourself that's really limiting. Yep. Ah, oh, this Absolutely. is amazing. Well, Jonathan, love it. We always give our guests uh, the closing statement, if you will, to, to rap about whatever, whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, say happy birthday to somebody, give a shout out, tell people how they can get in touch with you, how they can find refound. Uh, so the floor is yours. Uh, I, here's what I'll say. This is my pitch to everybody that I work with these days is, uh, the world is extremely chaotic. As we know, there's a million things going on. We got a we have a couple of wars. We have runaway inflation, although maybe it's a little bit more tame. We've got people trying to deal with remote work. Uh, we've got an incredibly divisive political environment. Um, it is extremely difficult right now to maintain one's mental and emotional sanity. And uh, it is incumbent upon all of us to look out for the people around us. And it's not a, uh, it's not a judgment or a criticism of any one person. People are stretched and they're burned out. And so find somebody in your life, whether it's at work or at home, and see if you can help them. See if you can have a conversation with them just to help them just de-escalate a little bit in their own mind. Maybe it's like going for a walk with them for 20 minutes. Maybe it's, you know, find a chapter in a book that you like and say, hey, you know what? I just want you to listen. I want to read you this part of this book that I thought was really funny or really interesting. Like you just put your feet up on the couch. I'm just going to like read to you for 15 minutes. Like just do something like that. Uh, we all need a little bit more care from others, uh, you know, in a, in a time like this. Uh, because we all have so much going on. And if folks want to reach out to me, uh, it's Jonathan at refound.com, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at refound.com. And our website is refound.com. And, you know, we do all kinds of cool stuff. Maybe we'll get into that uh, in another moment. But um, uh, it's really been great to talk with you guys and uh, spend a few minutes together. Thank you so much. Uh, absolutely. We appreciate everything. We appreciate your time. We definitely want to have you back and we would love to get into the weeds on Refound and everything that you're doing in your company. And also talk about your book and what's all in the inside the book that people can buy online. We'll put a link to that in our show notes so that they can go out and grab it oh, for sure. You. Bone Luke Nation, you've been listening to Jonathan Raymond, the CEO and founder of Refound. That's a wrap.